0: So if you would, open with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to look at eight verses from Matthew chapter 14 today. And this morning, I'm going to give you our annual missions update. Every year at the church, I give a missions update about our Destiny Church missions program. And so this morning, we're going to have that update. I'm going to give that to you. And I'm also going to share with you some highlights from my recent missions trip to Japan. I spent the last two weeks in Japan. I got back late Wednesday night. And I want to share with you some of the cool things that God has done, is doing, and is continuing to do in the nation of Japan and um, encourage you as a church, us as a church, to continue to pray about how God would um, have us continue to work in that nation. But before I get to the missions update, and before I get to talking about Japan, I want to talk to you from this passage in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to look at a a par not a parable, a miracle that Jesus did. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. Lord, what we need from you is a word from God. That's what we need today. We need to hear from you today. Lord, we don't need to hear from me or from any other person or any other man. God, we need to hear from you. And so, Lord, I thank you that when we open up your word, we hear from God. So speak to our hearts today. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us Lord, I pray that we would leave encouraged, built up, strengthened, filled, Lord, with your spirit to be the people you've called us to be in this time, in this city, in this place, in these families, in our community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse uh, 14 this morning. Actually, verse 13. I don't have it on the screen, but um, we're going to start in verse 13 today. It says, now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. What Jesus had just heard was he had heard some bad news. Have you ever heard bad news before? The the news that Jesus had heard was that his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been killed. John the Baptist had been arrested for preaching, and he was executed uh, by King Herod, King Herod uh, had John beheaded, and he had his head served up on a silver platter. Quite a gruesome sight. That's some bad news. Jesus had just heard this report about his cousin. And it says that upon hearing this in verse 13, that Jesus withdrew from the crowds, And he went to a desolate place by himself. I think there might be some people here today who you feel like your life is in a desolate place. Maybe you've heard some bad news. Maybe you've gotten a bad report from the doctor. Maybe some bad things have happened in your family. Maybe things didn't go the way you had planned. And because of that, you feel like you are in a desolate place and you feel like you are all by yourself today. I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone because Jesus is with you. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. You're not alone today because you're, you're here at Destiny Church. You're surrounded by a group of people that care about you and love you, and we're here to pray for you. We're here to serve you any way that we can. Jesus withdrew to the desolate place. I want you to know that if you feel like you're in that kind of place today, Jesus knows what that feels like. Jesus knows what it means to hear bad news. Jesus knows what it means to be in a dry place, in a desolate place. Jesus knows what it feels like to be all alone. It says that when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the, tra- from the towns. And so as Jesus goes out into the desert by himself, the crowds follow him. Verse 14 says, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, And he healed their sick. You know, Jesus had just been through a very difficult event in his life. He had moved away from the crowds because he he was tired. He was weary. He, he, He was needing to spend some time alone, some time in solitude. He was just having some me time. How many of you ever just need a little bit of me time? What Jesus needed, he needed a Mother's Day out. Okay, he's, he's, he needed a God's Day out. Right? He, he just he needed some space. But the crowds pursued him. And it says when he saw the crowd, he didn't tell them, "Hey, you know what? I'm having a little bit of me time today. God's not in the office today. Come back tomorrow." No, it says when he saw the need, when he saw that they had a need, that he ministered to them, that he had compassion on them. And so if you are here today and you, you have a need, I want you to know Jesus sees your need. Jesus has compassion on you today. Jesus is here to meet your need, to meet you right where you are. It says that he saw the great crowd. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him. This is his 12 men that he was training up in ministry. They came to Jesus and they said to him, This is a desolate place. They're out in the desert. The day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. It's dinner time. They've had nothing to eat. Jesus, you've been ministering to them all day. The sun is going down. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Jesus, it's time to, to dismiss the service so that the people can go, and they can go into the surrounding villages. They can go and stop by Bucky's and, and get something to eat because they're getting hungry. The, the natives are getting restless. The, the, think the, This is not going to go well. They're, they're They need something to eat, Jesus. Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, Jesus, all we have is five loaves of bread and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children the disciples saw the need of the crowds the disciples saw that the crowds needed to eat and the disciples brought this need to Jesus and they said Jesus we, we the people need to eat the people are hungry the people are thirsty They need to to leave so that they can go and get nourishment. The disciples saw the need and they looked at what they had in their hands. And they they saw what what they had and all they had was five loaves of bread and two small fish. And when they compared what they had to what the need was, the solution that, that they had was well, we, we, all we can do is just send them away. We don't have anything to give them. We don't have enough. And Jesus said, no, 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 you don't understand. Don't send them away. You give them something to eat. You see, what the disciples did not understand was That if we will give to the Lord what we have, he will break it and multiply it and feed the multitudes. And there are so many times in life where we we look at what we have, whether it's our talents, our abilities, our, our own resources, our own money, our own gifts, our own time, We look at what the need is and we say, what what can we do? The need is so great and our resources are so small. What Jesus is saying is, give it to me. Put it in my hands. And then he will take it, he breaks it, he multiplies it. And then he puts it back in the disciples' hands and then they give out. They give the bread. Did you know that this is the only miracle that is in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? This is the only one of all the miracles that Jesus did. This is the only one that appears in all four of the Gospels. And the reason I believe that this one is in all four is because what I see in this miracle is a picture of Really, the great commission. I see a picture of Jesus who has commissioned us to to go out into the world and, and to share with the world the truth about Jesus, to share with the world Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. If anyone eats of me, he will never hunger again. He will be satisfied That we are commanded to go and to to take Jesus to the world, to the nations, to to our communities, to our families, to, to the places where we are and even beyond. But so many times we look at what we have, our resources, such limited time, such limited ability. We look at other people who... They, they seem to have a lot. We say, well, God, maybe you could use them. But this is all I've got. And what we must do is we must take what we have. Sometimes all it is that we have left is, is the broken pieces of a, of a life that was not lived for God. And all we have is, is just these broken pieces. And what do we do? We give them to the Lord. And he takes what is broken and he makes it beautiful. He brings restoration and redemption to our, to our lives. And then we go and we share the bread of life. We share Jesus. And so at Destiny Church, we are a missions church. We are a missions church. Our church is 78 years old. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 78 years old. We've been showing up, worshiping Jesus, serving the Lord, serving the community, sending out missionaries for 78 years, 78 glorious years. 78 years to the glory of God. Many of you have been a part of destiny for 30 years, 38 years like myself, (laughs) 40 years, some of you 50, 60, some of you 70. Some of you, have, have. this might be your first week here. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Some of you have been a part of the church for one year or two years or a couple of years. Nevertheless, Destiny Church, our DNA, is a Great Commission Church. Uh, What what is at the core of who we are is this Great Commission that Jesus told us to go into all the world. And so I want to give you an update today. I want to give you an update for 2019 of how we're doing in missions. I believe it will bless you this morning. But we're a missions church for two reasons. For two reasons. Number one, we believe as a church, and we've always believed, that Jesus Christ is the only hope for the world. There's no other hope for the world except for Jesus Christ. There's a lot of good things that can help people. Education is a good thing. But education is not the hope for the world. Jesus is the only hope for the world. There's a lot of good programs that our our, our government offers and other social services that can help people economically. But Jesus Christ is the only hope for the world because only Jesus is the, Jesus is only the, the only answer for the the number one problem that plagues humanity is Jesus Christ. The problem is sin and Jesus is the answer. You can't educate someone enough out of sin. You can't give someone enough information that it transforms their heart. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus Christ is the only hope for our world. That's the first reason why we're a missions church. Jesus commanded his followers to go into all the world and to preach The gospel, that's called the Great Commission. We believe that as his people, we should follow what he says. This is why we're a missions church. This is the first reason, because God told us to. Can can we move the slide ahead? Can we advance the, the screen this morning? There we go. One more. Uno más. Thank you. This is our mission as a church to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news. The gospel is the greatest news ever in the history of the world. And so, we it's our job to proclaim to preach to to sound out this news to the world and to make disciples what is a disciple it's a follower of Jesus we're to help people follow Jesus this is our mission as a church this is why we are a missions church number 1 because Jesus has said that this is the plan and the purpose for his church The second reason that we specifically Destiny Church are a missions church is because this is baked into who we are as a people because we were founded by a missionary. Our church was started in 1941 by a missionary, a man named Leonard Coote. This man was a missionary to Japan. He moved to San Antonio, Texas, right before World War II, and he started this church. And from the very beginning of our existence as a church, we have been a Great Commission Church. We have been a church that prays for missionaries, supports missionaries, sends out missionaries, Because we believe that there really is no other hope for the world except through the gospel, except through Jesus Christ. And so Leonard Coote, he started this church in 1941. He held the first services for this church in the east wing of the municipal auditorium downtown. It's now called the Tobin Center. Leonard Coote was also my great-grandfather, as it turns out. After World War II, he went back to Japan to continue his missionary work. We were founded by missionaries. The next pastor of this church were were my, my grandparents, John and Ruth Bell, They felt the call of God on their lives to be missionaries, and they resigned being the pastors of Destiny Church to move to Japan. This is them in front of a tent in Japan. They hosted tent meetings for children, evangelizing the children through Sunday school, evangelizing their families. That's my dad that they're holding there in their hands. Many of you remember my dad. We sang my dad's songs this morning. My dad wrote the songs that we sung today. So missions is is an integral part of who we are, not just because it's in the word of God. That's all the reason that we really need, but also because we have a, a history. We have a legacy. We have a a heritage, we have a a track record of investing into world missions, of being people who sacrifice, make, make great sacrifices so that others may know the saving power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And missions is not just the heritage of my family. Missions is the heritage of this church, Because it's this church who stood with and supported and financed and prayed for and interceded for the missionaries that were sent out on the field. Many of you, every single month, write checks to support our missionaries. We are a missions church. Because we believe that Jesus Christ is the only hope for the world. It's not just about my family. It's about our church family, Destiny Church. And so while my grandparents were in Japan as missionaries in the 1950s, that picture is a black and white picture. I didn't just make it black and white, so it looked cool, like... It came out of the camera that way. While they were there in Japan, God put this verse on their heart. This is Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 38. Jesus said, let us go on to the next towns that I might preach there also, for that is what I came out to do. And so they had this vision to go from town to town. They would take their tent and they would set it up, And they would host these evangelistic crusades. And sometimes for several weeks, sometimes for several months, they would host these meetings preaching the cross of Jesus Christ, praying that God would fill people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then they would move on to the next towns. And after a small group was established, they would appoint a pastor, they would lay their hands upon them and bless them, and now we got a church. And they would go to the next place, and they would do it again. They'd go to the next town, and they'd do it again. They'd go to the next town, and they'd do it again. And so they called, in Japan, their ministry, Next Town's ministry. And then after a while, John and Ruth Bell felt a call to come back here to San Antonio and to pastor the church, and Archie and Verna Mae Alderson went to Japan as missionaries, and they were there for 42 years. Archie and Verna, of course, you know, are two of our elders here at the church. They're actually there in Japan right now. And what they did was they, they took the baton from John and Ruth and they ran their lap. They ran their race. They continued to plant new churches and encourage the pastors that had gotten started. And so the reason why I was in Japan for the last two weeks was I went to meet with these next-town churches. These churches that were planted, some of them 50 years ago, these churches are still going today full of Japanese believers. Amen. We give glory to God for that. (laughs) Japan is a country of... 126.8 million souls and less than 1% know Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go is a sea of humanity. 126.8 million is very close to half the population of the United States. But the land mass of Japan is about the size of California. So imagine half the population of the United States crammed into a nation the size of California. It's one of the densest populated countries in the world. We traveled from Osaka to Tokyo on what's called the bullet train. Why do they call it the bullet train? Because it's fast. The bullet train goes over 200 miles per hour. It took us about 3 hours to travel from Osaka to Tokyo. And as we looked out the window traveling for 2 to 3 hours at 200 miles per hour, you never stop seeing people. Completely developed. It is it is a concrete jungle. It's not like here where I can drive 30 minutes outside of San Antonio and I don't see nothing, nobody. I can drive 30 minutes this way and I can go have a picnic out on the highway. It's not like that. The the population is so dense, the sea of humanity, millions and millions and millions of souls and not a one of them knows Jesus Christ all of them lost in sin. And so we go, I go, as a representative of this church, as a representative of my family and the heritage there, I go to encourage the pastors who have been laboring, some of them for 70 years now, faithfully. I want to share with you a couple of stories that I, I could do it all day, but I, I just brought a few back that I want to share with you that I think will be a blessing to you. And the first is from a city called Nagoya. And this picture here is the last uh, one of the. Was, I was there with my dad, the last time I was there with my dad, and that was in 2004. You can see my dad there in the middle, and I'm just off to the left, the very handsome blonde. It was before I got married, and I think I've put on a pound a year, probably two pounds a year ever since then. Anyway, we were there in this, in this town called Nagoya, and right in front of my dad, the, the, the man there is named Takahashi Sensei. They call their pastors Senseis, which I think is really cool. You can call me Bell Sensei from now on. That's fine. That's what they call me over there, uh, so I respond to Bell Sensei. Anyway... He, he, he's the pastor there, and when we were there 15 years ago, they took us out into the middle of this rice field, right in front of a hospital. You see the hospital in the back, and they had just bought land, and they were believing God that, that they would be able to build a church on this land. And so that was 15 years ago. We went there with my dad, two of my brothers. There's Steven Vella there also, and we went and we prayed over this land, and we put our hands in the dirt, and we said, God, put a church here a church that will be a witness to this community. Nagoya is a, 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 a town of over 2 million people. You can count the churches in this town on one hand. Think about it. A town the size of San Antonio, you can count the number of churches on one hand. You can't make it to I-10 without passing three churches on Callahan Road. Praise God. And so we went and we prayed that God would put a church there. And on this trip, I had the the blessing of of driving through the rice field. And I came up and I saw that there's a church there today. I think we got the next picture. There's this beautiful church that's there today, a witness for God, a witness for Jesus. We go to the next picture. I'm standing there with the pastors and uh, Jason King, who was there with me on this trip. And now there's a gospel witness there in the town of Nagoya where before there was not. It's a miracle to see, one of the great blessings that I got to see on this trip. The next uh, picture I want to show you is from uh, a place called Osaka Tabernacle, and this is me preaching. Osaka Tabernacle was a ministry started by my great-grandfather, Leonard W. Coote. He started this outreach ministry 70 years ago. And they have service every single night. 365 nights a year, they have an outreach service. It's in the Red District area, prostitutes, drug addicts, alcoholics, people who are just homeless, and they minister to them and they feed them a meal every single night of the year. For 70 years. This place has been ministering for Jesus and is still going to this day. I don't know if you can see in the background, there's a picture hanging on the wall up on the left. That's my great grandparents who founded that place. I had the great joy of being able to go and to to preach and to minister uh, to those people uh, in that place. Um, Let's go to the next slide. The next slide is the man who leads this ministry. His name is Sakai Sensei. He's 92 years old. He was baptized by my grandparents. He tells the story of when he was baptized, that when he came up out of the water, my grandparents were believing that he would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But my dad, who was like three or four years old, was running around the lake and he kept getting close to the edge and almost falling in. And so my grandma went and tied my dad to a tree (laughs) for 30 minutes and went and prayed for him until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And every single night, he stands on that stage, 92 years old, and preaches for Jesus Christ. The next slide is uh, the, the people of the Osaka Tabernacle as they're responding to the word of God that was preached that night. And what we see when we go to Japan is that the people are so hungry for God. God. They're so hungry for Jesus. Every time, after every service, we have an altar call, and the altars are full of people because they're hungry for God. They're hungry for a touch from the Lord. They're hungry to be filled with God's Spirit. They're hungry to give their hearts and their lives to God. We go to the next slide. These are just some of the the places that we had an opportunity to go and to preach and to minister The word. I want to show you one more picture from my trip to Japan. And this is a a lady named Mrs. Mukai. And at breakfast one morning, as I was at the pastor's conference, I was at the next town's pastor's conference, and I was ministering there and, and speaking over several days with this group of 25 or so pastors. One of the pastors there, his Church has planted eighteen churches. His his parents were saved in one of my grandparents' tent meetings. So it, it just keeps going and going and going and going. And so I was there, and and we were having breakfast, and uh, this lady came and she said, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" And I said, "Sure." And I put down my chopsticks and. Um, through the interpreter, uh, she began to tell me her story, and, and her story was that as a young girl, she was saved in, in one of the outreaches that the Aldersons were doing. She gave her heart to Jesus as a young girl. She was discipled under Archie and Vername Alderson, and as she graduated high school, she felt a call of God on her life for ministry, but she had no resources. She had no money. She had no way to pay to go to Bible school. And so this church, Destiny Church, raised an offering, got supporters, and paid and put Mrs. Mukai through Bible school. She went on to be an evangelist for many years on her own until she married herself a pastor. Her sister also married a pastor, and the majority of her family ended up coming to know Jesus Christ. And, and she came to me, and she, she interrupted me at breakfast, and what she wanted me to tell you, she said, tell the people of Destiny Church, thank you. Thank you for, for paying for me to go to Bible school. I don't know where I would be or, or what my life would have become, but I've been in ministry now for 50 years. God has used me and blessed my life and blessed so many people through my heart and through our ministry. So tell the people of Destiny Church thank you for me. And so I'm here to say thank you on behalf behalf of Mrs. Mukai. These are just a few stories. I could go on for hours and hours and hours about the way that this church has touched that nation. These are people who would have never heard the gospel unless somebody went and told them and made a sacrifice and put an offering in the offering plate. And so I want to shift gears quickly now to to giving you the update for the rest of our missions program at Destiny Church. At Destiny, we have 16 member missionaries who are members of this church that we send out and that we support. Scattered all over the world, taking the message of the hope of Jesus to the nations. I thank God for our missionaries. Some of the finest, God's finest out there doing God's work. I want to share with you a couple of numbers. The first number is the number one. And this represents the roof that we put on the church in Guanajuato this year. I want to show you a picture of the church in Guanajuato last year. That roof needed some work. Unless you really liked getting a suntan when you went to church. That was a year ago today. Let me show you the church today. This is that church last week as they took communion together. You're a part of this. Many of you gave towards this church and gave towards the Perez family, Ray and Rita, as they are building this church. They now meet there every single week. Another number I want to share with you, the number one again, and this represents in the past year a new church that has been planted in Japan, and this is, of course, with Bobby and April Sayre, the Good News Center that me and Heather had the opportunity to go and see A new church being started. A new mission. New lives being touched. New lives being changed. New lives hearing the saving news about Jesus Christ. The next number I want to share with you is a little bit larger. It's 584,182. This number is the number of dollars that has been given to missions through Destiny Church in the last 12 months. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? That's awesome! For whatever reason, God uses this church to be a blessing to the nations And I'm so glad that we get to be a part of it. The next number is 3 million plus, a little bit larger still. This is the number of dollars that have been given to missions through Destiny Church in the last six years. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And of course, the highlight of our year at Destiny Church is the thing that keeps all of this moving, and that's our annual missions conference. We call our missions conference Light Your World, and our missions conference for 2020 is scheduled for January 19th through the 21st. And have an awesome time of ministry as we welcome the missionaries home and take care of them and pamper them for a little bit and encourage them and minister to them and raise funds for what they're doing. Our Light Your World Missions Conference is the highlight of our year at the church. And I'm very excited that it's only 14 weeks away. How many of you are getting excited for Missions Conference? Amen. got some good guest ministry coming in this year. Uh, a crowd favorite, of course, is coming, Marcos Witt. And I also have my good friend Jason King who are coming, and then a bunch of others are coming as well. But these are the two that will be speaking at the night services. So we're really looking forward to that. Now, there's one more number I'm going to share with you. And this is the number 25,000. And this is the number that we need to raise to host our annual missions conference. This is the budget every year. And so every year I give a missions update and let you know about our missions vision and our plan for our missions conference and what God is doing. And every year I ask for the church family to be a part of it. Uh, Really, when you think about what is done through us to collectively it's absolutely incredible